Hey Orioles fans, Bobby Blanco here from the Masson All Access Podcast. After you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out Masson's extensive Orioles coverage on MassonSports.com. This week, Rockabaco gives an in-depth look at how new manager Brandon High will run his first camp. With spring training less than a week away, High believes that his players are unbelievably energized for the start of a new season. Rock also has an update on the construction of the O's minor league coaching staffs and says an announcement should come later this week. Meanwhile, Steve Molesky has a story of how pitching prospect Keegan Aiken spends his offseason in Michigan and built his own workout facility in his backyard. These stories and much more Orioles coverage can be found on MassonSports.com and make sure to follow at Masson Orioles on all our social media channels for the latest news and updates throughout spring training. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. From Oriole Park at Camden Yards, it's the Mass and All Access Podcast. Paul Mancano and Bobby Blanco. Bobby, we usually do this podcast inside the warehouse, which is where the web studio and the Mass and All Access studios are located. However, today is absolutely gorgeous. Bobby, it is sunny. It is 60-plus degrees. There is not a cloud in the sky. The birds are chirping. It's the beginning of February. We had to do this podcast outside. Hold on, Paul. Let me roll up my sleeve so I can get some sun on my arms. Ooh, yeah. Try, to, you, try you, to match Rockabaco's muscles. You got the guns um, blazing. Yeah, got to get my pre-tan, I suppose, before I head down for spring training in yeah. a week. Exactly a week. Um, I never understood that. Why people did pre-tans before going somewhere sunny? Isn't the whole point of going somewhere sunny to tan yourself? No, no, Bobby. The, the point of pre-tan, you see, is so that when you show up on the beach, you are already tanned. So that nobody is seeing... So you, you're lying to everybody? So you look like you've been there for a minute? Isn't, isn't that what we all do? Isn't that the point of Instagram? So. Isn't that Facebook? We're just yeah. all... I, guess. I saw the Fire Festival documentary, by the way. Yeah. Speaking of lying to people, have you seen that yet? <laughs> no, I have not. Oh, my God. I heard about it, though. It's wild. <laughs> that guy is the worst. <laughs> that seems like the ultimate punked, like, yeah. prank. <laughs> it is pretty hilarious, yeah. not going to lie. But it made me anxious because it is, it is so nerve-wracking. They, they were supposed to put the, the festival together in, like, 12 months is the estimated timetable. Right. They started six weeks out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's great. Yep. Uh, well, Lesson in procrastination. I have no, I have no hard feelings toward those who went to that thing because that's what you get. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's it, it feels like baseball weather. Um, a week ago, we were complaining about how cold and snowy it was yeah. here in Baltimore, and now it feels like spring training. It smells like spring training. Exactly. Um, and hey, I'm excited. Can't it, wait. It, and the Super Bowl is officially over. Football is behind us. Yeah. Up next is baseball. Quick take on the Super Bowl, Bobby. That's it. Yeah. I don't have a take. Bad. Awful. Nope. That's my, my take. My take is zero. My take. Yeah. It sucks. It's, it's over. Yeah. It's I over. It's over. We're moving on. Oh, hot take, though. I enjoyed the halftime show. What? Yeah. Bobby, I went on YouTube to look at the halftime show to see how many likes and dislikes. It had, like, 25,000 likes, and we're talking hundreds of thousands of dislikes. Yeah, and we're talking, YouTube. this is why it's my hot take. This is because it's an unpopular opinion. It I was so it. bad. What was bad about it? Um... One Adam Levine. Look, I, I was in a room where people. Were I didn't talking, get the but From what I could hear, yeah, yeah, I didn't get that. That was cheap. That was just so cheap. I did like the one joke I saw online that uh, compared uh, Adam Levine's body to uh, uh, Chipotle bag. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did like that one. That was yes. funny. The California tattoo above his uh, navel is just pretty basic. I could have done without the stripping of Adam Levine, but I mean, Maroon Five. Say what you will. All they do is put out hits. That's all they yeah. do. Okay. Their their music is fun. 
and if you're yeah. if you disagree, you're a liar because you've definitely jammed up to a Maroon Five song. Uh, I they know. played their old stuff too. Yeah, um, she will be. Travis watching. Scott played his best song, Sicko Mode, and then Big Boy showed up and played. I like the way he moved. Well, here's the thing. I think that the biggest mistake they made in planning that whole thing was teasing everybody by putting oh the SpongeBob three thing? seconds of SpongeBob in there. Yeah. Like either either have them play Sweet Victory or don't have them do it right, at right, all. Right. I, I'll knock points off for that. Yeah. They should have done that. Uh, that would have been really cool. I just look at last year's JT, and that was not one of the best all time, but that was a, a solid halftime performance. And it, it just doesn't. This one, this year's, just didn't stand up. Also, keep in mind, we usually know the halftime performers well in advance, and obviously because of the Kaepernick things and all the artists that they wanted to get on, they said no. That's a different conversation, right? Um, but Maroon Five was basically a last-minute placement, and they what had a month to prepare for this, yeah. Like, and they were probably told to play it safe because they did not. And remember, the NFL didn't even let them talk to the media. The performers usually have their own media day too. The NFL didn't let them speak because they didn't want them chatting about. Right. They were probably told to play it safe, and that's they were a safe pick. Yeah, much like Paul McCartney was a safe pick all all those years back after the uh, the JT and Janet Jackson right. debacle. Yeah. So yeah. it was a safe call for the NFL. I enjoyed it. It was fine. It was better than the game. Well, that certainly is a hot take, and it is. I enjoy Rune Five's music. That's fair. That's fair, and I I probably enjoy them more than I would care to admit. They're like they. Had, Quite a That's what everyone says. Everyone says, oh, Maroon 5 sucks. Yeah. All right, go to a wedding and try not to dance to Sugar. I yeah. dare you. I double dare you. <laughs> so, Super Bowl is over. Football is over. Uh, everyone's like, oh, it's baseball season. First off, it's NBA season. We're in the midst Hold of on. the NBA first trade off, li- let's, deadline. Let's go, let's go real first off. It's NHL season. No, it's, no one cares about the NBA. No, hard disagree think there. Of your, think, of your, think of your audience here. This is an Orioles podcast. Baltimore, the closest team is... The Wizards who suck. This is a baseball town. They're fo- definitely focusing on baseball. Aren't they? Yeah. Oh, agreed. Agreed. And we are too. This is the first time I've been out and seen the field up close in forever. It looks gorgeous. Uh, it is considering the so bad weather beautiful. we just had a week ago. I yeah. mean, it's pristine. There's a reason we could play a game on her today. Yeah. There's a reason that uh, the field manager Nicole uh, Nicole won uh, an award recently. Yep. She's yep. one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business. Anyway, we're moving on. We're talking baseball. We are approaching spring training. Orioles are still finalizing their roster like every other team in Major League Baseball. Still about 100 free agents sitting out there, so there are still moves to be made. So we figured we'd go back and look at the moves that they made at the trade deadline last year because those were five huge, impactful moves that they made. They were not made by this current front office with Mike Elias, but were made by Dan Duquette. And they kind of reshaped the roster and set themselves up for the future. We're going to look at those deals, including the Manny Machado, the Zach Britton trades, and examine them half a year out. So how have the players that they've gotten performed in the Orioles system? How have the players on the other side that they shipped out of town, how have they performed? Did the deals so far, it's early. We're not going to give necessary grades, but do they? does the deals have promising returns or do they have... Uh, negative returns. Does it already look like they made a mistake? We're going to go through all five of those deals and let you know what we think of those deals. Yeah, they shipped out, made five deals. Um, the Brad Brock deal brought in international slot money. Yep. So they shipped out six players to so take away Brad Brock. You're essentially getting five, 15 players for five. Yeah. And we talked about this last year. Um, and 14 of those players they received are still within the Orioles organization. Uh Bravik Valera was traded to the Giants early last month for for some cash. So we're heading into the season with 14 of those 15 players still yep. within the Orioles organization. That's a good start. 
Um, but again, my, my concern would be, and you just touched on it a little bit, is that you know these are the moves that the previous r- regime made. Yep. Um, Dan Duquette orchestrated all these deals. You just obviously we're not going to know more about how these players turn out until later this season, yep. two years on the line, three years on the line, whatever. But it would be we'll never know how much more different or maybe better or worse yeah. that these trades would have been had it been Mike Elias making these moves. Now, that being said, the Orioles absolutely had to make these moves last yeah. month. They couldn't wait for a new GM to come in and make these moves. Yeah. So it was the right. But it's, it bears wondering, like, are these the players that Mike Elias and his people would have wanted, um, and how would they approach that these trades? That's a question that's always going to linger around this organization for, for a couple years now. Absolutely. And now that these guys are in the system, let's examine exactly what they got. Let's start real quickly, and uh, don't need to say much about the Brad Brock trade. They ended up trading him to the Braves. They got back $250,000 in international slot bonus money. Uh, Brad Brock was not having a great year statistically, not having his best, and he was about to hit free agency. He just did hit free agency and signed with the Cubs. Um, that move was made with the intention of using that $250,000 of international slot bonus money. The Orioles are still sitting on a ton of that money, not having found anybody really to spend it on. Obviously, they tried Victor Victor Mesa and his brother, and it didn't work out. Bobby, do you, do you see that trade as a mistake considering they haven't had anybody to really spend that money on yet? Not yet. Um, I, I think it's something. there's something to be said. Look, they can. we've said this before, too. They can allocate that money elsewhere in different parts. They don't have to yeah. go sign players with it. And Mike Malias says, you know, I like having this money. We, we don't feel pressure to use it, but it's a, it's a nice commodity to have. Yeah. It's good to have this kind of money, um, and especially in a rebuild. We don't have to spend it on players. Um, but we can we can spend it elsewhere. Exactly. They are still and the Marlins dropped dropped a bunch of money on the Mesa brothers. Um, Sandy Gaston went to the uh, into the the Rays. Yeah. So the Orioles are still have the most international slot bonus money in the majors. I, I would trust Mike Elias to use that money wisely or not use it wisely. You know. So it's 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 just a good extra thing to have. You yeah. know, To have in your back pocket just in case. And you know, there's that shortstop that just got. Um, was granted access to the United States to come play Major League Baseball right. from Cuba, so that's that's a possibility uh, for the Orioles as well. Um, so I, I would, yeah, if the way Brad Brock's season was going last year, mm. entering free agency, knowing you were going to rebuild, and they they came out, the Orioles did saying that we're going to test the international market, definitely yeah. go hit Latin America more. I think that was the right move, and it's it's a it's a luck it's a luxury that they they're lucky to have now. Exactly, and on the other side of that deal, Brad Brock. Enjoyed the change of scenery uh, with the Orioles before the trade, obviously. One and two, 4.85 ERA, 11 saves, uh, not a great strikeout to walk ratio. He pitched in 42 games, so obviously not his best season with the O's. Goes to the Braves, and he was great for them. 1.52 ERA, he had a save, he had 22 strikes to nine walks. Uh, in 27 games pitched with the Braves, helped them obviously to a division title, and then cashed out in free agency with the Cubs. So Brad Brock, we're happy to see him succeed with other teams, uh, but looks like the Braves uh, were happy to make that move because it, they got a, a solid relief pitcher down the stretch. And they didn't need that international money. They've yeah. basically used it all, and they've got a very strong farm system and young town across the board. Um, in, uh, on their major league roster already. So that was money that they were, was probably going to go to waste anyway. So I think it worked out for both sides. All right, moving on. We're going to the Zach Britton trade, another deal that was done a few days before the deadline. 
They traded Zach Britton to the New York Yankees and in, in exchange got three prospects, right-handed pitcher Dylan Tate, right-handed pitcher Cody Carroll, and left-handed pitcher Josh Rogers. Zach Britton obviously was returning from the torn Achilles. He had only pitched in a few games with the O's in 2018. He was a, a couple years removed from that season where he was a fourth in the AL Cy Young voting in 2016 when he had a .454 ERA. So this season with the O's in 2018, he was 1-0, 3.45 ERA, just 15 and two-thirds innings pitched, 16 games. Didn't look like himself, but there was enough that the Yankees said, we're going to give you three prospects for this guy. And then not only that, and then they just re-signed him um, this offseason as a yeah. free agent. Uh, Zach Britton is one. I mean, there's. I mean, obviously they traded away six players, but Zach Britton might be like the one where it's that might be the hardest pill to swallow, just because not only how long he's been here, but his journey in Baltimore. He, they know, starting as a starter, not finding his way, and then finding his yeah. niche as not just a reliever but a closer. And at the time, the best closer in baseball. I mean, his his slider is known to be the best pitch in all of baseball. Yeah. And yeah, you mentioned that 2016 season he had. If I had a vote, he would have been my Cy Young um, yep. winner. Absolutely. And I think it was just more of a one of those things where, it, again, last year was a tough season for the Orioles and for Orioles fans. You hate to see these guys ship out, but it's just it's what's necessary. It needed to happen. Um, and it, it probably also sucked to see him go to the Yankees. Yep. You know, of all places, the Yankees um, and pitch helped them make the playoffs and, and, and get into the second round of the playoffs after winning the wild card game. So that that was probably a tough pill to swallow for Baltimore fans, um, but again, one of those things where you know Britain and we've done some work with Zach Britton for, for Mass and All Access over yeah. the over the years. He's just one of those guys. I don't care who he plays for; he could play for the Yankees for the rest of his career. I'm always going to root for that guy. Yeah. Uh, what a great person off the field. He, you know, he got choked up when he had to say his goodbyes yeah. to the Orioles. Uh, how much his organization, the city, means to him. You know, this is where he started his family. Yeah. So that was just kind of one of those like ah, that's. It's just the tough part about rebuilds and, and the trade deadline. You, you have to say goodbye to some of the fan favorites. The Yankees got not just a great player and a great teammate. Uh, they got a very solid reliever, not just for the second half of the season, but for years to come, as you mentioned. They helped, probably helped that uh, they built that relationship with him before they re-signed him this offseason. Down the stretch with the Yankees, he had a 2.88 ERA and 25 innings pitched. Uh, was solid, gave up some runs in the playoffs, but look good enough and he's a lefty that they kept him around so what did the Orioles get back in return as mentioned Dylan Tate Cody Carroll and Josh Rogers date Tate was the only one who didn't reach the big leagues last year he only pitched in double a and he really struggled 24 years old he was probably the jewel of that Zach Britton trade he was the uh, highest rated prospect of yeah. those three uh, struggled 5.75 ERA uh, 21 strikeouts to nine walks 1.402 whip, which is not great, in seven starts. He started to get it together a little bit near the end of the year. Um, this guy I think they were expecting a little bit more out of, but he has traditionally had an up-and-down career. He's had great years, and he's had bad years. And it's one of those things, he's young still, 24. Yeah. I mean, we, we just mentioned, I just talked about Zach Britton's path. We don't yeah. know who this guy's going to be, what he's going to be, where he's going to fit. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got to be tough coming from one organization being a highly t like like the Yankees being highly touted as a prospect and having the switch and coming to to an organization like Baltimore at the time where you're kind of like all right you're the future now like you're yeah. one of our top studs and you have to show right away it's a lot of pressure for a young guy again yeah. 24 years old you know I hopefully 
now coming into a first full season within the organization. He's more familiar with his coaches, his, yeah. his teammates around him, his catchers, and uh, maybe like a little bit of a bounce back in Double A this year, maybe even reaching Triple A. So moving on beyond Tate, Cody Carroll, 26 years old, came up to the O's and struggled 0-2 with a 9 ERA, 17 innings pitched in 15 games. Uh, didn't look great, obviously. I mean, with all of these, they come with the caveat of, one, we haven't seen them very much, and two, we're eager to see them with a new coaching staff, with uh, Brandon Hyde and his guys getting their hands on these guys uh, now that they have had a full off season as members of the Orioles organization. And now that they'll have a different coaching staff giving them different instruction. And uh, Josh Rogers, 24 years old, he had three starts with the O's, went one and two with an 8.49 ERA. So obviously not great returns early on from Carroll and Rogers. But you look at the three guys, Dylan Tate, Cody Carroll, Josh Rogers. What do you think of that return for Zach Britton so far? Well, what sticks out to me is the, I mean, again, you just ran through the numbers. They're not fantastic. Nothing jumps off the page. But what I look at is Cody Carroll's 16 strikeouts in 17 innings. Yeah. I mean, that means, all right, the stuff is there somewhere, maybe mm-hmm. buried a little deep, but he can pitch at this level, get outs, get strikeouts. Um, he, he's got some stuff. 26-year-old, he's the oldest of the bunch. He might be a little further along. Um, he had his longest stint of the three with the Orioles. He played in the most games. So that's something to look forward to in spring training and see, okay, can he can continue to develop, get used to pitching in the big leagues, and develop that stuff he has to play every day up here. Yeah. All right, moving on. So I, I think overall that Zach Britton trade, okay return so far. Right? So I'm, far. I think the, the most important part of that is going to be the development of Dylan Tate, and he's a wild card at this point. Yeah, and those and those trades also seem like, I mean, going through our notes here, that looked like the most, the one that's most for down the line. Yeah. You know, uh, the other trades brought in some guys we're about to touch on who are closer to playing for the Orioles than than these three guys. Yeah. So that was for a trade that's – that's probably what you're going to get because, again, Zach Britton was coming off an injury, had only pitched for a couple of weeks before getting shipped off. Mm. So that's that's about right. Yeah. All right, Manny Machado trade, the one that netted them five players in return. You might remember he was traded right around the All-Star break. He was already hugging members of the Dodgers during the All-Star game, ended up getting traded shortly after the game ended. So Manny Machado was going to be a free agent. We all, we all know why they had to get rid of him, uh, and he was in the midst of a pretty solid season with the O's. He ended up playing all 162 uh, with between the Orioles and the Dodgers. He hit 273 with 13 homers in 66 regular season games with the Dodgers. He had three homers in the NLDS and NLCS, but then he hit the World Series and re- really struggled. 182 with zero homers in that World Series. I think, though, the Dodgers... They, they're not going to re-sign him. I think all indications point to that. So they weren't crazy about, especially his antics during the World Series and the playoffs. Um, but they pretty much got what they wanted in Manny Machado. Someone who could carry them to the World Series again. Someone who could, they were hoping, get over that hump from yeah. the previous year and win the thing. But, uh, yeah, I think they got pretty much what they expected. He, he played great second half he might have even struggled a little bit but to me you're right it's the antics it's the unnecessary attention unwanted attention that they got yeah. uh, from Manny um, and what he was doing on a national stage throughout the playoffs that kind of hurt and we talked about this too that might hurt his chances in terms of getting a big contract the contract that he wants yeah. I mean we all know he wants to play for the Yankees that's still probably a long shot maybe still in play but a long shot and it seems like it's coming down to the White Sox and the Phillies and these numbers we haven't heard too many yeah. But the numbers that we have heard are like 
what was it, seven years, $175 million? Yeah, less than that's, 200 mil. Yeah, that's only 14 mil more than Chris Davis <laughs> has on his got on his contract, and yeah. Chris Davis hit 140-something last year, 168. 168. Mm-hmm. So that's, I wonder, you know, we'll never know for sure, but I wonder if his little antics about the playoffs yeah. is hurting his cause right now. Exactly. So on the other side of the trade, the Orioles got five players in return. They got uh, Yosniel Diaz, the outfielder. They got the infielder, Bravik Valera. Third baseman, Ryland Bannon. Right-handed pitcher, Zach Pop. And right-handed pitcher, Dean Kramer. Let's go through those five. Yosniel Diaz, starting with the biggest, most important member of that trade. He's just 21 years old, and he is currently the number one, number two, depending on which rating you see, prospect in the Orioles system. He struggled, though, with the O's when he came uh, over to the Baltimore system. He hit ju- went from hitting just th- from hitting a whopping 314 with Tulsa to 239 with Bowie. Uh, there's definitely concern about his power coming in, even though he did hit those two homers in the Futures game yep. at Nationals Park. Uh, he had only 11 homers in 98 games between the two leagues. Yosni Diaz, another kind of wild card, but you talk to guys, we talk to uh, people who watched him play in Bowie every day, and they say he shows flashes of all five tools. You know, he doesn't jump off the page. He's not a great power hitter, not a great, you know, consistent contact hitter, can't steal a whole lot of bases, but he has... He's so solid in all five of those areas that it just seems like he's going to put them all together. Yeah, and and we've heard even at FanFest, coaches are talking about it. They've seen him on tape, and they saw him down in Florida, and they're excited about this kid. I mean, it's like one of those, like you said, five-tool potential players. that There's flashes there. It's just a matter of getting them all put together at one time and, and being... This, the number one prospect that he can be, that he's projected to be. And uh, I would expect that we see him up here in Baltimore at some point this season. Yeah, I would guess. So Bravik Valera, the oldest guy of that deal that was uh, traded to the Orioles, 26 years old. He had 286 with no homers in 12 games, and he's hitting just 216 over 37 career games and no longer a member of the Orioles. Nope, bye-bye. Off to San Fran. So he is gone. So, you know, uh, they're down to four players that you look at that the Orioles got back. Moving on, Ryland Bannon, 22 years old, also with Bowie. Uh, he was the number one, 21 prospect. He, Another guy who struggled with the Orioles, hit just 204 with two homers uh, after making the leap to double-A at the deadline. So, obviously, not only is he adjusting to a new level of play, but also a new system, a lot to, going on there. Uh, but he really did really well with uh, Rancho Cucamonga, my hey. favorite. It's the high A system with the Dodgers. Hit 296 with 20 Kudos homers. Kudos on the pronunciation. So, uh, thank you. So, Ryland Bannon, still very young, uh, still could have potential down the road as a third baseman. Yeah. Uh, it's an infielder, again, obviously. Mm. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think we don't know who's going to play the infield for yeah. the Orioles, especially at the hot corner. So, this is a guy who's going to come in, I mean, we figure Ryan Mancastle will be there, but yeah. he's another top guy who can possibly slide in. Obviously, he doesn't have the bat Mancastle has, yeah. but maybe he's a little more natural third baseman and can play the uh, play the position better. Um, but he's just seems like a piece that you know they're just going to stock pieces wherever they yeah. can. Um, infield, I mean, again, traded for Manny Machado, an infielder, former third baseman, moved over yeah. shortstop, get someone to fill in that role. Even if he's not projected to make the major leagues in a couple of years, just have this, this the system ready yeah. and stocked um, because that's what you need to do in rebuild. Exactly. And the last two guys on this list, Zach Pop and Dean Kramer, both they're under 23 years old, 21 for Pop and 22 for Kramer. 
uh, both spent time at Double A Bowie. Bobby, tell us about these guys because I'm really encouraged for what I've. I, I mean, the fact that these guys came over is not terribly highly touted prospects, and they're doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm impressed that Zach Pop, 21 year old, uh, one of the youngest of the bunch that the Orioles got back. Uh, he posted an ERA under three in 14 games, and he he went from high single A to double A. And in a trade like that, that's a tough transition. We talk about going from not just organization to organization yeah. uh, and getting different coaches, teammates, et cetera. But now you're going to a whole new new level. You're getting yeah. bumped up, too. And so you're facing a whole much better talent than yeah. you would have faced earlier in your career. Um, guys who obviously they're not in the same league, minor league, coming from coast to coast, Tulsa to, um, to the East Coast, mm-hmm. what have you. So I was impressed that he was able to, to post an ERA under three in a short amount of time, but still making the lead to double A is not easy. And Kramer, uh, same kind of thing. Even better ERA around two, 2.5 um, and eight starts. He has a high strikeout rate, high, but also high walk rate. So there's some yeah. concerns there. But the, the other plus side would be the low homer rate. And he doesn't give up a lot of long balls. Uh, he gets outs via ground balls and, and, and strikeouts. So there's some power arm to those guys um, coming over. Yeah, so the, of the five guys, four some are pop, remaining. Some pop, if you will. Some pop. Ha! Clever. Of the five guys that were traded over here, four are remaining. Yosniel Diaz is going to be the most important piece of that still. But the fact that they got such a glut of talent, I mean, the fa- we talked about at the, the deadline not just getting high prospects, highly touted prospects, but just rebuilding the system they needed guys they needed guys that they could have appear on top 100 lists and just to fill out the depth of the system and the fact that they got several guys who you know you're not going to hit on every prospect so to get a glut of prospects increases your chances of hitting on one or two of them yeah and i think we the top thing to remember about this trade again is the basically five 15 for five you know that's a good ratio in terms of a rebuilding organization you're getting a, a plethora of players back. You know, let's say out of those 15, I guess now 14, five or six become major leaguers yeah. and, and contribute to your big league club in the next two or three years. That's, I think that's a fair result um, for a rebuilding team. All right, so those were all the moves that were made before the deadline. And let's move to the two moves that happened right before the 4 o'clock deadline. On July 31st, 2018, we're talking, of course, about the Kevin, o- Kevin Gosman, Darren O'Day. Kevin O'Gosman. Kevin O'Gosman, <laughs> Darren Day trades that were made uh, that was made to the Braves, and then the trade with the Brewers that netted them Jonathan Scope. Let's start with the Kevin Gosman, Darren O'Day trade. The O's traded those two guys. Darren O'Day did not pitch uh, the rest of the season; he was injured. But Kevin Gosman turned out to be a very good starter for the Braves down the stretch. Coming into that trade, he went just 5-8 and eight with a 4.43 ERA in 2018. Gets traded over to the Braves and has a 5-3 and three record with a 2.87 ERA. Was great with them down the stretch. Yeah, and Gosman, kind of along the lines of, of the Britain deal in terms of this was a guy who was supposed to be a corner piece in his rotation for his entire career for years to come. Mm. Uh, he's been pitching for a while. And Gosman was also one of those guys, he always seemed to start out slow. Yeah, and, and this was, an, I believe, he was an opening day starter a couple years ago. That could mm-hmm. be wrong, but uh, he, he started out slow, but finished the season strong. And he, and Orioles fans were just clamming for him to like, all right, please, like, just put the whole season together. Um, him and Bundy were supposed to be the two guys that were going to take over this rotation and be staples in it for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it was just kind of sad that it came to the point where you have to trade away yeah. one of your young 
major leaguers and a guy who has been able to pretty much stay healthy, produce at a at a rate, give you a chance to win every yeah. five days at the, at the very least. Um, and it's it just kind of a, one of those sad realizations when, when the move went down late in that day. So the Orioles got back four players, catcher Brett Cumberland, third baseman Gene Carlos Encarnacion, right-handed pitcher Evan Phillips, and left-handed pitcher Bruce Zimmerman. Bobby, tell me about the first two guys on that list, Brett Cumberland, the catcher, and Gene Carlos Encarnacion, the young infielder. Well, Cumberland only 23 years old. In 15 games at Bowie, he hit 190. Uh, had an OPS of 405, however, and hit three home runs with seven RBIs, um, but struck out 12 times and only walked four. Again, a catcher, you're not really going to be an on-base kind of guy, but hitting below 200 was was kind of yeah not very encouraging to see. Um, Encarnacion did slightly better, didn't show much pop, only hit two homers, uh, but scored 10 runs in 26 games with Delmarva. So when he gets on base, he seems like he's productive. He yeah, seems he's like a guy fast, who, who yeah. can who – can, uh, Cause some havoc on the on the base pass and, and excitement, so he's a guy who you know they're different styles of play, uh, and again they were only here because you come over at the end of July and the minor league season is only so long. I think it ends way before the major league definitely yeah. does. I think it ends like sometime in September. So yeah. we only saw them for a brief period of time. Twenty six game for Encarnacion, fifteen for Cumberland. Uh is only 20 years old, however, so there might be some more upside there as he continues to grow, maybe even grow into his body, get bigger, stronger, faster, etc. Definitely. And the other two guys on that list, Evan Phillips, we saw with the Orioles, he's, he struggled, 24 years old, and he had an ERA near 20, uh, but he pitched just five in the third inning, so very small sample size when it comes to Evan Phillips. Uh, I'm not sure of it, but he will likely get another shot uh, with the big league team this year. And then the other guy, Bruce Zimmerman, uh, with Bowie, he's 23 years old, had an ERA just over five, two and three uh, record. You know, not not a whole lot of sample size again, 21 and a third innings. But those four guys, I would say Kevin Gosman, just because of how good he was down the stretch with the Braves and the fact that they have him under contract for another season at least, uh, to me, uh, this one seems like maybe the most concerning just because we haven't seen really anything – positive out of the four guys yeah but then also consider O'Day was hurt yeah um we don't know how O'Day is going to pitch for the rest of his career but so the Orioles basically got four players for one true in, in this in this trend so and again it goes back to just stocking the farm system getting young fresh new blood and talent in the young system and see who can maybe find that diamond in the rough like we mentioned last week who's going to be the guy who you know isn't highly touted but then evolves into this great player or, or at least very solid everyday major leaguer. Yeah. Uh, so you know they they took a shot, a move that they kind of made. The the Braves offered a lot for them, and you know it's just kind of those wait, wait and see. Let's see what let's see what these kids grow into kind of moves. Exactly. I think this one is further away from judging it, especially considering how young Encarnacion and yes. is. And we've heard a lot of good things about him, but he is we heard not only is he young, but he's very raw. Yeah. So he could be very good down the stretch, but he's got a ways to go. And again, small sample size. We yeah. only saw him for a handful of games in, in the system exactly. uh, when they came over. All right, let's move on to our final trade of the five. Jonathan Scope was traded for infielder Jonathan VR, right-handed pitcher Luis Ortiz, and infielder Gene Carmona. And Bobby, this one is, I think, by far uh, the biggest hit of the five trades for the Orioles. It's certainly the most interesting because – we're about to touch on it. VR outplayed Scope yeah. for the second half. Significant. And, yeah. like, it wasn't even close. Scope 
the 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 Brewers gave up three players for a guy who what didn't even start for them in the postseason. Yeah. He wasn't a starter down the stretch, and so the Brewers are kind of maybe scratching their head about that. It's like, oh, could something would our postseason outcome have been different had we maybe not made that move or right. traded some for someone else? Um, so Scope, unfortunately, love you, Scopey. Love, I mean, 2017 most valuable Oriole, but I mean, it was just it was that was a move yeah. that obviously turn in the favor for the Orioles because of how Scope played. What's crazy about it is I remember this time last year we were talking about the Orioles have to extend Scope right now or else in a year's time we're going to get another Manny Machado situation where he's going to really want to walk from the O's and they're either going to have to pay a ton to keep him or that totally changed. Yeah. Totally changed over the course of one season. Yeah. Went from an all-star to having a really, really poor season. Keep in mind he was hurt early on in the season. He was. He kind of – and he – he had just seemed like he had just found his swing, leading up to the All Star break. He got hot right at the right right time. at the right time, and that's kind of why the Orioles. That is why the Orioles were able to get so much for him. And then he just kind of that was, he peaked. He peaked with us. Yeah. With, with with Baltimore, and then kind of just really tailed off the rest of the season. And and again, the Brewers had to be scratching their head like, what happened? To this guy. Yeah. Like he just completely fell off the face of the earth in terms of. And again, it just blows my mind that you traded for a guy midseason at, at at the. At the last hour of the deadline yeah. day, and he didn't even start for you in the postseason. And the guy that you traded played better. Yeah. And, and also keep in mind, VR is 27 years old. Uh, Scope is just a few months younger than him. So they're going to be the same age for most of this season. Scope with the O's in 2018 hit 244, uh, 17 homers, 40 RBIs. As Bobby mentioned, he was just starting to pick it up right before the trade deadline. He was named AL Player of the Week, I believe, right before he was traded. Uh, to the the uh, Brewers, and then with the Brewers, just bad. Yeah, I mean, two hundred two average, uh, four homers. I, I don't think he got a hit in the postseason. No, I mean, I, I don't. Th- and I think he only got a handful of out at bats. Yeah, like pinch hitting opportunities. Exactly. They didn't even do like defensive subs for him. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was crazy. And they didn't tender him a contract this offseason, so he ended up walking, going to the Twins for seven million dollars. Uh, Jonathan VR was. I think more than the Orioles expected uh, coming back in that trade. I know his defense is still a concern, but Bobby, he showed a lot. 258. He doubled up scope and homers for since the trade. He ate eight homers, tw- knocked in 24 RBIs, um, and drew 22 walks too. That's a, yeah. kind of impressive. I didn't realize he was that high of a walk guy um, in 54 games. This is a guy that the Orioles figured to play second base for the, re- the remainder of his time here in the Orioles, however long that may be. And it's a you know he's 27, so he's been around. Yeah. He's played in the major leagues for a while. He might be that guy, which is crazy because he's been here for not even a full calendar year. That the, these young players look up to yeah. and, and and get piece of advice and help and tips in terms of playing the infield at bats, uh, reports on pitching stuff like that. So he quickly became you know almost uh a, n- a nobody on the brewers to now being like the forefront of the orioles yeah. for for the foreseeable future definitely and i don't know exactly how long they'll keep him and where they see him in the timeline but what they got back is very encouraging especially because he hit he stole a ton of bases they got a legitimate base stealer yeah uh and so i think that alone the fact that they got vr back is enough <laughs> to make that trade a win but they got two guys in addition to that uh they got luis ortiz right-handed pitcher played in just one game and uh, with the Orioles and Gene Carmona, who's the youngest player of all the guys that was traded over. He's 19 years old. Tell us about those two guys. Uh, well, I, I look at 
Carmona because again, like you said, 19 coming over and playing in 24 games with the Aberdeen, hit 226, got 21 hits, scored nine runs, fast infielder, um, high strikeout to walk ratio though, 25 Ks, yeah. six walks. But again, 19 years old, it's good to see he's just at least swinging the bat, yeah, um, and, and trying to make contact and trying to make plays. Um, so he has a lot more room to grow. As for Ortiz, a right-hander, the ERA is through the roof. He only pitched two and two and a third innings with Baltimore. Not much of a book on him yet. Again, yeah. two and a third innings. Um, so we're not sure why quite yet what we're going to get from from Ortiz. Uh, but only 23 years old, so we'll see what he does in camp yeah. and, and, and the future. One of those guys maybe just for the future. So those are the five trades. They trade six players, got one of them for international stop bonus money, but basically five for 15. Bobby, I, I mentioned I think the scope trade is the best. I think right now the most concerning trade might be the Kevin Gosman trade. Um, where do you stand? What do you think are the, the best and worst deals that they made? I would definitely uh, – I would so agree far, with the, obviously. Yeah, I mean, again, it's hard to say. Definitely. I would say, yeah, scope just because with VR you have a everyday major leaguer who's yeah. ready to play now. Um, I don't know. I, I really like – the, the the Manny trade. I, I just think getting a plethora, even though Valero is already out of the, out of the door, getting a plethora of young talent, getting a number of a number one overall prospect for yeah. your former number one overall prospect and, and all star is a good move. And and again, just pile the farm system. This is something that the Orioles fans have been asking for years now. Yep. Restock the farm system. We need young guys, young talent. We give me something to be excited for the coming years. Like. Like we said, this year could be exciting because coming here, sitting where we're sitting here in Camden Yards and watching these young guys play at the major league level is going to be the the things that fans are looking forward to in 2019. Absolutely. So those are the five trades that we reviewed. There will certainly be more trades and more free agent signings to review as we go along. Let us know what you think about those trades. Leave a comment. Leave a reply. What have, what have you. Uh, Bobby... I don't think we're going to get another chance to do this for a while because I don't think it's going to be this warm for a while. I kind of want to bring my lunch out here and sit yeah, out here. It is so gorgeous. I wish we could do a podcast outside every single time. Every single time. Uh, uh, Bobby, what's your Twitter handle? At Bobby underscore Blanco. Paul, what's yours? At Paul Mancano. Be sure to check us out at Mass and Orioles where we tweet out all the podcast. We can hear the podcast where exactly, Bobby? Apple Podcasts. Now Spotify. Give us a follow on Spotify um, and SoundCloud, obviously, and Google Play. We'll see you later.